Amen. You know, I believe when, when God pulls back the curtain in heaven and looks down, he's well pleased with his people here this morning. And you're very welcome to this house this morning. If this is your first time or if it's your hundredth time, we just want, I just want to welcome you on behalf of myself and the leadership team. You're welcome to Liberty. And today is our first Sunday of 2020. And when I was doing this sermon, um, you know, it's a new year, it's a new season, it's a new day. And, and I felt the Lord saying to me, it's fresh beginnings. It's fresh beginnings, and it's fresh beginnings for, for all of us here today. No one is exempt, you know, from fresh beginnings. And, um, and maybe last year for you was a good year. Maybe it was a year filled with trials and tribulations. Maybe it was a year that your promises didn't come to pass. But today, and we're in a time of fresh beginnings. And it's a time, if you came off the back of 2019 and you came out of that and you survived, well, praise God for that. Praise God that you survived 2019. But today we get a chance to start over. And today, whatever you're holding on to in life from last year, whatever is holding on to you, can I tell you, there's nothing greater than Jesus holding on to you. There's nothing greater than Jesus. So whatever it was from last year, let Jesus hold on to you for 2020. You know, there's times when we get attached to things in life. And there's times where we need to let go of stuff. And sometimes when we hold on to stuff, it can weigh us down. And it can prevent us from running the race with God. And we've heard from our missionaries here this morning. They got a vision. And the leadership and the people of this church got behind them. And here they are, out in Lesotho, them and God. And God has put a team around them. And he's put five employees around them. He's given them ten children. And all because they trusted in a God that is faithful. And if that hasn't spoke to you this morning, I don't know what's going to speak this morning. And I'm just trusting that the power of God's Spirit is going to move here this morning in this Word. And you know, we've come off a season of where it's been busy for December. We've done a lot of hampers. We've had a, a full program here in the church for last year. Um, it was a busy year. And I love Christmas. I actually love the Christmas season. But I love when the new year comes because it's a, it's a time of where we get to start over. It's a time where we get to physically start over, where we get to mentally start over, where we get to spiritually start over. And I want to talk about a guy in the Bible, and it's in Genesis 9. And you can put that up there, TJ, for me if you can, please. And in Genesis 9, God gives Noah a second chance to start over. You know, Noah, if you don't know the story, Noah was a faithful man. He was a man that was upright. He was a man that was blameless. And he was a man that had favor with God. And he was a man that walked with God. And Noah was, 
you know, given a task to build an ark. And you can read that in Genesis 6. But he was given this task to build an ark. And the reason he was given this task was because God was going to send a flood on the earth. And God was going to send a flood on the earth because mankind was wicked. Mankind was corrupt. And mankind was not bound the knee to God. And God said to Noah, I'm going to send the flood. But Noah and his family, they found favour with God. And they found favour with God to start over again. And you see, Noah and his family, they had survived the flood. They were now standing on solid ground. And I want us to get into this text. So Father God, we come this morning, Lord God. As your people of liberty, Lord God, we come before you, Lord. And Father, I ask that you would release your spirit here this morning. I ask, Father God, that you would begin to send a fresh anointing on me right now, Lord God. Father, that I would decrease and that you would increase, Father God. Father, that you would open hearts and you would open minds to receive your word this morning. Father, we just declare fresh beginnings over every every person, every family member that's represented here this morning, Lord. Father, fresh beginnings. Father, a time, Father, to start over again with you, Lord God. Father, just like you took Noah and his family, Lord, you took them, Father, to start over again. And Father, I just release this this morning in the house. TJ, could I ask you to put the lights on, if you don't mind, the the big lights. Thank you. Thank you, Father. So let's take a, take a look at the text. Um, God makes a covenant with, with Noah. And it says in Genesis 9, Then God blessed Noah and his sons. And he said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number and fill the earth. Be fruitful and increase in number and fill the earth. Then he said, The fear and the dread of you will fall on all the beasts of the earth and on all the birds in the sky, on every creature that moves along the ground, and on all the fish in the sea, they are given into your hands. What God was doing was, he was telling Noah, I'm giving you a new role. He was telling Noah, I'm giving you something into your hands. Everything that lives, everything that moves about will be food for you. Just as I gave you the green plants, I now give you everything. And if we skip down to verse 7, it says, As for you, be fruitful and increase in number. Multiply on the earth and increase upon it. Then God said to Noah and to his sons with him, I now establish my covenant with you and with your descendants after you and with every living creature that that was with you, the birds, the livestock and all the wild animals and all that came out of the ark with you, every living creature on the earth. I establish my covenant with you. Never again will all life be destroyed by the waters of a flood. Never again will there be a flood to destroy the earth. And God said, this is the sign of the covenant I am making between me and you and every living creature with you, a covenant for all generations to come. 
I have set my rainbow in the clouds and it will be the sign of the covenant between me and uh, the earth. Whenever I bring clouds over the earth and the rainbow appears in the cloud, I will remember my covenant between me and you and all the living creatures and every kind. Never again will the waters become a flood to destroy all life. Whenever the rainbow appears in the clouds, I will see it and remember the everlasting covenant between God and all living creatures of every kind on the earth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. You know, this morning, as I was coming out of my house, um, I just happened to look up, and here was the rainbow. And I'm like, okay, God, are you speaking or what? And there was only kind of, you know the way sometimes the rainbow can be a little bit faded. And uh, so I'm getting my phone out, and I'm taking a photograph of the rainbow. And that. And so then I'm driving out of my estate. And as I'm coming out of my estate, next of all, honestly, it was like 3D. The full picture of the rainbow was on display. The full picture. So I'm like, wow, okay. So I parked the car, got out of the car, ran across the road, and I'm snapping. And next of all, these two guys are coming down on the, on the bike. And they're saying, ah, here, love, leave it out. You don't need to take a photograph of us. I said, no, I'm taking a photograph of God's promises because they're yes and amen. <laughs> amen. Hallelujah. But, you know, this morning, you know, um, I want to talk about, you know, the responsibilities of the promise. You know, when we have read this text this morning, we have seen that God blesses Noah and his family. But when God blesses Noah and his family, he gives him specific instructions. You see, he gave him specific instructions about how to live in this remade world. You see, when the flood came... When the flood came, God wiped out everything. There was nothing living. There was nothing breathing. Only Noah and his family and two kinds of every animal that went onto the ark. So can you imagine all the animals that went in? It's hard to picture this. It's hard to be, it, it can be hard to believe it. But imagine a giraffe going into that, into that ark. You know, you're nearly saying you need to you know, wind your neck in there to get into that ark. But you know what? The reality of it is, you know, there was every two kind of animal that went on, male and female, hippos went on, lions went on, and every animal that you can think of that's in the animal kingdom. But God placed Noah now in a remade world, in a world where there was going to be changes. You see, the earth had been flooded Everything that Noah knew, everything that his family knew, um, was wiped out. And God commanded him to reproduce, to multiply, and to fill the earth. That's what God told Noah to do. There was a new covenant, and with that new covenant came responsibilities. And what Noah and his family had to do, they had to let go of life before the flood. They had to let it go. Everything that they knew... They had to let go. And for some here this morning, everything that you've known for 2019, you have to let it go. Whether it's a pain or a hurt, whether it's a loss, and I'm not trying to dismiss that, but we have to let go to move forward into what God is calling us into. They had to let go to be able to lay hold of the promises of God for their future. And what I love about Noah 
This guy, he held on to the promises that God had told him. Imagine, God is telling him, build an ark, get this wood, get these nails, get this, get that. And Noah's like, okay, Lord, I'll do that. And he goes and he gets all the supplies. And every day he's banging and he's hammering and he's, he's whatever he's doing, he's chipping away, building this ark. This thing was massive. It was massive. And yet all his friends are walking by and they're looking at him and saying, is this dude crazy? There's not a drop of rain anywhere because it didn't rain. So has he lost his marbles? That's what his friends were saying. They began to ridicule him. They began to mock him. They began to laugh at him. And yet Noah was telling them, God is going to flood the earth. He was telling his friends, he was telling the people that he knew, God is going to flood the earth. And people continued to laugh. Where is the rain? Where is the rain? We don't see any rain. We don't even see any clouds. We don't see any rainstorms. But Noah held on to the promises of God. Because it tells us in Genesis 6.18, I will establish my covenant with you, Noah, with you and with your family. God told him. God had already told him, I'm going to establish my covenant with you. And Noah would hear this over and over again in his spirit. And Noah held on to this. Now God told me he's going to establish his covenant with me. God told me this. So I'm holding on to this. I'm not letting go of this. If God told me, he's going to bring it to pass. If God told me, he's going to bring it to pass. Man is not going to bring it to pass. Woman is not going to bring it to pass. But God Almighty is going to bring it to pass. So I'm holding on to this. And God has spoken words here to people here this morning. God has given you promises. God has given you prophecies. God has told you promises that he's going to bring to pass. And it might not have happened in 2019, but maybe 2020 is going to be your, your year. We've entered into a new decade. And maybe this is your time where your promises are going to be fulfilled. Hallelujah. And Noah, Noah heard over and over in, in his spirit, in his mind, in his heart. He knew it in his bones. God said it. He's going to establish his covenant. He's going to establish a new covenant. And he held his ground. And nothing would budge him. And so much so, he built that ark. Hallelujah. He built the ark. And when he built the ark, he went on, on it with his family. And every animal of its kind went on it with him. Hallelujah. So no matter what people say to you, whether they laugh or whether they taunt or whether they ridicule, hold on to that promise. Hold it. Don't let it go. Hold on to what God has told you here this morning or in, in the last decade or whatever. Noah and his sons. When you think of these, this family, when you think about it, when you read the text, why did God spare them? Why? Why did he spare them? Well, God had a reason. He had a reason. He had a purpose for them. There was a purpose for their survival. And whatever you've survived off the back of last year, if it was coming through brokenness, if it was coming through loneliness, if it was coming through financial difficulty, if Jesus became the answer to your emptiness, 
God wants to reproduce in you. He wants to multiply in you his, his spirit. If he has caused you to survive for a purpose, that purpose is to minister to others that are going to go through similar things that you went through last year. Think about it. Whatever you went through, whatever you survived off the back of last year or the last decade, God is going to multiply. He's going to increase. He's going to dig down deep in you. That brokenness that you had. Now, I, I brought hope into that situation. I brought life into that situation. And now I'm going to use you. I'm going to multiply you. I'm going to increase you. You're going to go into situations where there's darkness, where there's hopelessness. And you're going to bring my light. And you're going to tell people there is hope. There is hope. Because the promises of God are yes and amen. Can we knock that heat off, Jess? <laughs> if that's all right. I'm getting roasted. Is it just me or is it like a sauna in here? Okay. I'm having a bit of a tropical moment. <laughs> anyway, God is good. <laughs> Heather's sweating. <laughs> Amen. But you know... When you read the text, be, fru be fruitful. God is speaking. Be fruitful. Increase in number. Multiply on the earth. God wants to use his people to bring his gospel, to bring his truth, to bring life out of this world that's in darkness. Because whether we like to believe it or not, we're living in a time where there is wickedness, where there is corruption where there is people that are not bending the knee to God. But yet, God wants to use us, the people of God, to increase, to multiply, and to bring light, to dispel darkness. And how we're going to do that, you can share your testimony with somebody. You can share what God has done in your life, how you survived you can share how God brought you through against all the odds. When you see someone in brokenness, when you see someone that's lonely, when you see someone that's on the edge, if God did it for you, how much more can he do it for them? How much more? You know, Noah's character before the flood and, and after the flood... It, it was changed. You know, he wasn't the same. Noah wasn't the same. You know, at that particular time of the flood, he was upright. He was righteous. He was blameless. But God also knew he had to get Noah out of his environment. So he had to get him out of even his family environment to talk to him, to tell him, I'm gonna, you're going to build the ark. I'm going to establish my covenant with you. And God had to do that because God wanted Noah to become the man that he had ordained him to be. You see, when Noah survived the flood, in his mind, maybe he thought he would go back to life the way it used to be. But not with God. There's no limitations with God. God is a limitless God. 
God is a God who pours favor and blessings and mercies upon us every day. You know, when you think about your own conversion, when you accepted Jesus into your heart and you asked him to be Lord and Savior of your life, think about that day. You know, transformation came. Maybe it was radical for you. And maybe God is still moving in areas of your life to work things out in you. But we don't go, we don't go back to being the same person that we were. Because something new has shifted in. Something new has shifted in, whether we like to believe it or not. You know, I'm not the same Louise that I was five years ago. I'm not. And I have had to let go of stuff in my life. I've had to let go of pride. I've had to let go of unforgiveness. I've had to let go of bitterness. But look what they done, Lord. Uh Uh-uh. Look what my son did for you. I've had to let go of fear. I've had to let go of anxiety. I've had to let go of worry. God says, I've given into your hand the spirit of love, the spirit of peace, the spirit of soundness of mind. You are a new creation in me. Are you going to let go to lay hold of what I have for you in the future? Are you going to let go and not want to have your pound of flesh? (gasps) Because we all like a little little argy-bargy, don't we? (laughs) And we all like to think that we're right, don't we? But sometimes we have to die to self. Sometimes we have to suck it up and allow God to take control. But God, look what they did. Uh -uh. Look what my son did for you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God, you're in the business of changing me. (laughs) And sometimes letting go is changing our way of thinking. You know, when Noah entered the ark, when he entered the ark, he wasn't afraid of the animals. He was actually content and he was actually comfortable around the animals. But after the flood... God told him, I'm given into your hands to rule over them. You're going to have dominion over them. So what God was saying to him is, you're going to have to pull away. You're going to have to separate yourself from the animals. Because I'm doing a new thing. I'm going to change your diet. That's what God said to him. Your diet is going to change. Because before before the flood, you see... Um, Noah and his family, they would have ate fruit, they would have ate vegetables, but now God was bringing in a change. And God was saying, now you can kill the animals and you're going to use the animals as a source of food and nutrition for you and your family. You're going to rule over them, you're going to have dominion over them, you're going to have control over the animals. So God changed their diet. What does God want to change in your diet here today? 
Does God want to change something spiritually in your diet? Does God want to reach into you and take that brokenness, take that loneliness, take that bitterness, take that unforgiveness, take that attitude? Does God want to replace that stuff which is corrupt to give you a new spirit, to give you a new heart? You know, my daughter went through school with a, with a friend of hers and she stood by her for years and, and they were good friends and, and she walked with her. A lot of the time, this girl was going through stuff and, and they came to a place in their friendship where it began to change. And it was, I remember, it was a tough time. It was a time of loneliness. It was a time of brokenness. It was a time of, Lord, why have I no friends in my life right now? Why am I feeling lonely? Is this the way that my life is going to be? But, you know, at the time, Sophie and her friends, they, they had different values. They had different morals. They didn't get the same things out of life that they used to get. So their friendship, it began to separate. And they both went their separate ways. And I'm just giving you an example. Sometimes God will make us separate from things that he doesn't want us going down that path in. He will remove things. He will remove stuff from our lives. And I remember she said to me, Mom, I'm lonely. I'm lonely. Hang in. God is going to come through. God is going to come through. He's going to bring people around you. He's going to bring people into your world. And sometimes it's hard as a believer. It's hard to separate from loved ones. It's hard, it's hard to separate from family members. It can be hard to separate from a partner. Because these are people that we once started out life with. And when you start out life with these people, it's hard. It's like a bereavement that you go through. And it's not because they're bad people. But it's because you don't have the same things in common. And when you're walking this way with God, and the other person is walking that way, there's going to be that emptiness, that division. And Noah had to risk separating from the animals to being alone. And when we're willing to be placed in the right environment with God, when we take those steps to be, you know, in that right environment with God, we don't have to crush people. That's not what God wants us to do. We don't have to annihilate people. But God says that we have the ability to hold them up in prayer. We can still build them up. We can still lift them up. Even when we separate. You see, maturity, real maturity comes when you're able to walk away without causing a fight. 
Real maturity comes when you can walk away holding the other person up or respecting the other person and talking well of the other person. That's when real maturity comes. God says we've got to let go to lay hold of his promises. We've got to be willing to be in the place of the right environment to feed our spirits with the right spiritual diet that he has for us. Feeding our spirit with faith. Getting around people that are faith fillers. I love people like that. Oh, give me them every day. Come on. Faith fillers. Nothing's a problem to them. And God is saying, trust him. We've heard this morning about the new Bible project that's kicked off for 2020. And if you're on Facebook, let me tell you, join this. Because there's a great little community that's coming out of this Bible project. People are asking questions. You know, people are asking, how did Mary, you know, um, how was she able to hold on to the promises of God and not say anything? When God told her that she was going to be with child. We've got to feed our spirits for 2020 with the right environment. With the right spiritual diet. We've got to trust him. And when we do that, it will starve any doubts that try to come in. When we're willing to let go of relationships and disagreements and friendships and disappointments and hurts and habits and hangouts of last year or yesterday or the last decade, when we make that decision, we can become the man and the woman that God wants us to be for 2020. Otherwise, you know what? We're going to be like a dead weight walking around. You know, when Paul wrote to the church in Philippi, you know what I love? Paul, he admitted, he admitted to the church that there were some things in his life that he needed to let go of so that he could reach the goal that God had for him. He said, one thing I do, letting go of those things which are past. So maybe 2019 was great memories for you. Maybe 2019 wasn't so good for you. Maybe you came off the back of that just surviving. Maybe it was a year that you were spirit-filled in God. Hallelujah. But maybe it was a year where it was filled with trials, tribulations, and you are a survivor of that. But for 2020, I believe that God just, he doesn't want us just to survive. You know, it's not about looking back, oh yeah, well I got through that, you got me through that situation. It's not about being a victim. But it's about pressing towards the goal that God has set for us. It's about laying hold of God's purposes. It's laying hold of God's purposes. If you want change, if you want something you've never had, you might have to do something you've never done before. 